0: Now I'm rolling. Yep. yep. You, seriously, you seriously want me to read this? Okay, I will. All right. <clears throat> I hate disclaimers. Why can't you? Okay. All right, fine. <clears throat> what you're about to hear is extremely wordy, but it needs to be to get the point across. Please try to follow along, and I will do my best to make it worth it. Why on earth would you call it the blog? Hi, I'm Neil Headley. Welcome to The Voice in My Head for Monday, February 28th, 2022. So that's the question I was asked while our NOP Studios website was in development. I was running the design past some friends whose opinions I respect, and one of them suggested that referring to this weekly collection of thoughts and ideas that you're actually listening to right now, uh, referring to it as the blog would somehow diminish its image. After all, they said there are millions of blogs out there. Mommy blogs and travel blogs and DIY blogs and music blogs and blogs about blogging and blogs about earwax. And let me do you a favor actually right now. Do not Google that one. (laughs) Blogs often, though certainly not exclusively, tend to be put together by people without a platform. People who simply want to be heard. People whose desire to express themselves far exceeds the availability of outlets where those expressions would be welcomed. At least, that was their take on the baggage that comes along with the word blog. So, here's why I decided that our company would ignore that advice and call our series of writings the blog. I work with a client once who had one of those nightclubs where people go when they want to get up on stage and sing. And, you know, sing along with a music track to a popular song where the original vocals have been removed. You know what that's called, right? Yeah. <laughs> so for the purposes of this conversation, do me a favor. Just go ahead and uh, say that word. What is that place called? Even if you just say it quietly to yourself. Okay. So there is about a 99.99999% chance that the voice in your head said a karaoke bar. Right. What's the word again? Karaoke. Right. Good luck getting that word to fly with this particular client. They insisted on what they called the correct pronunciation, which they say is more like um, karaoke. They even had this exhaustive explanation of their frustrations with ignorant Americans. And by the way, these two were uh, both born in Connecticut to some of the whitest families you're ever going to run into. Uh, But um, ignorant Americans who were dumbing down the pronunciation and love this one, polluting the art form. So, look. If you still want to refer to it as an art form when Reggie from accounting gets up after six shots of tequila and sings, girls just want to have fun, that's, you know, that's up to you. Who am I to quibble? But this client additionally wanted to do the commercial themselves and wanted to make sure to repeat the correct pronunciation a few times in the spot and refer to it as got okay. This was another one of those times that I'm glad that the people who taught me how to write copy also taught me that whoever came up with the line, the customer is always right, was an idiot. Look, the customer signs the check. That only makes them right if one of two things is true. One, they actually are right. Or two, you're more interested in the check than in actually serving your client by being an expert in your field. I used to work with a guy at an oldies radio station who insisted that, you remember the trumpet player who did the song, what a wonderful world. Yeah. Uh, he should be referred to on the air as Louis Armstrong. Louis, not Louis. Among the arguments that he would employ to defend that position was that Louis carried with it sort of a tone of familiarity that would be inappropriate to apply to someone of Satchmo's iconic status and that by spelling it with an s at the end and not an e he was sending a clear signal about how he wanted to be addressed except that everybody who ever called him by name in a song whether it was ella or frank or whoever else his musical friends referred to him as louis he even recorded a song in the 1930s called laughing louis the only time louis ever comes up in a song is when Sachmo himself makes the reference in the song Hello, Dolly. But then later, there would be this duet version that he did with Sinatra, where Frank would refer to himself as Francis to indicate that much like Lewis, it was a formal name that basically only got used on driver's licenses and such. But look, there's a way more important reason to continue calling him Louis instead of Lewis, and that's this. Call him Louie, because that's what everybody else calls him. I got a couple more examples of this, and then I'm going to get to the point. Trust me, there's a point to all of this. This one's also from the music world. Do you remember BTO, the rock band who did that anthemic, iconic, taking care of business song that would later you know, show up in office supply commercials and goodness knows who else? Uh, the leader of BTO is named Randy Backman except that nobody pronounces it Bachman. Everybody looks at how Randy's last name is spelled, B A C H M A N, and they see the B A C H part and they think of Bach the composer and suddenly he's become Randy Bachman. So, as the story goes, Randy got so tired of correcting people on the pronunciation that he just plain stopped. He just started accepting Bachman, Bachman, whatever you wanted to call him because correcting everybody was this losing battle. So staying with all things Canadian for a second, the metric system in Canada gives rise to an example that I only just recently gave up fighting for myself. In the metric system, everything is based on multiples of 10 and nice round numbers like temperature. In Fahrenheit, the freezing point of water is the seemingly arbitrary 32 degrees. Well, the metric people decided that on the Celsius scale, the freezing point of water should be 0 makes sense you go below zero it's not water anymore it's ice it gets easier on the temperature thing too you know what the boiling point of water is in celsius it's a hundred so the minimum where it can still be called water is zero and the maximum is a hundred it's almost like a percentage off the top of your head do you even know what the boiling point of water is in fahrenheit it's like it's like pi or something i don't even know um but distance in metric similarly easy So we'll start with the base unit of measuring distance. It's the meter. The meter for the uninitiated is about a yard. It's actually 0.9114. But here's where it gets fun. With the old system, the smallest commonly used measurement is the inch. How many inches in a yard? Well, uh, hold on. It's 36. What? In metric, the smallest unit is the centimeter. From Latin, that it gets its name from the Latin centi, or one one-hundredth of, and meter. So there are a 100 centimeters in a meter. If you want to go even smaller, there's the millimeter. 10 millimeters in a centimeter. Yeah. If you want to get bigger, then we get into the unit for 1,000 meters. The kilometer. Kilo, meaning 1,000, and yes, meter. But guess what? I bet you've heard tons of people butcher that pronunciation and use the word kilometer instead, which is, as I've painstakingly laid out here, much to your exhaustion, wrong. If it was kilometer, it would also have to be centimeters and millimeters, except it's not because people pronounce those words correctly. But everybody from Mr. Sulu on Star Trek to the little voice in my Google Maps Navigator app uses the same incorrect pronunciation. And it's infuriating because it's not something that's open to interpretation like the whole Louis versus Lewis debate. I mean, kilometer is wrong. It's incorrect. It's a made-up word. However... Much to the joy of the long-suffering Mrs. Headley, I've given up getting up from my front porch rocking chair and shaking a cane at passers-by and yelling, KILOMETER at them, because it's, you know, uphill battle, Mr. Backman. Uphill losing battle. And so, a giant waste of time to fight it. Much like saying anything other than karaoke. Because when you insist on doing it differently than everyone else does, especially in a spoken word advertisement. You don't sound like the smartest kid in the room. You sound like you mispronounced it. And there's a disconnect in the mind of the listener while they lose focus on your message and focus instead on the fact that you don't know how to say stuff. All of that to explain why I decided that the part of our website that holds these thoughts and others like them would be called the blog. Because everybody knows what a blog is. It's a collection of thoughts, sometimes other media elements like photos or audio clips held together by the common thread of a common author, at least in this case. Could I have used other words instead that might have implied more gravitas for some readers? Sure, something like column or thoughts or missives. Yeah. But everybody knows what a blog is, especially people on the internet. You click on a link that says the blog... And you know what you're gonna get, unless it turns out to be earwax. That puts the wraps on episode six of The Voice In My Head. Listen, if any of that, on the off chance that it would inspire you to pick up the tab if we had gone for a couple of kilometers to have coffee and have a meeting, feel free to buy me a virtual coffee to say thanks. Just go to buymeacoffee.com nop. And nop is spelled K-N-O-P-P. You can find a transcript of this episode and a bunch of other goodies, too, at knopstudios.com. And listen, if you went through this episode and maybe some of the other ones and you thought to yourself, there's a chance this guy knows what he's talking about. Maybe he can help us. Maybe I can. Drop me a note. My email address is neil at knopstudios.com. Until next time, thanks for listening to The Voice in My Head. I'm Neil Headley.